Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm David Shoemaker. I'm here with Dave Schilling. Nick Mundy is supposedly in a uh, limousine on the way to the set. He's styling and profiling. That's a good drop. This episode is dedicated to the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Um, we know he's going through some some medical issues right now. He's the greatest of all time. We'll maybe talk about him a little bit at the end. But just know, Nate, you're in our thoughts uh, and our prayers. And uh, and yeah. I just talked to him last week and uh, highlighted my career. Yeah. By far. Talked to him to for Rick a piece Flair. you're writing. Yeah. Which yeah. was supposed to come out on Thursday. But, you know, obviously... It's not uh, not something that we want to, yeah. you know, we, put we just out interviewed him. I wasn't there for the Andre the Giant documentary, and he was in fine form. Yeah. Um, He's always a nature boy. Yep. All right. Um, uh, again, uh, best wishes to Rick. We're, uh, let's get on to the show. What's up, guys? This is your girl, WWE Superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE Superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to The Masked Man Show. And you are listening to The Masked Man Show. And you're listening to The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm the Masked Man, David Shoemaker, here with, uh, what, do you have a nickname yet? The Unmasked Man. The Unmasked Man, <laughs> Dave Schilling. It's SummerSlam week, man. Yeah, dude. And not only is it SummerSlam week, I sat down, everyone listening to this probably knows that I don't write as much as I should, if at all. I'm writing this week. Uh, I'm saying it on this podcast to make it happen. I sat down on Monday, started writing a column, and the, the premise of the column was fantasy booking. SummerSlam and fantasy booking because, you know, last week I fantasy booked the ending of the show. And at the bottom of my heart, I really hate fantasy booking, even though it's the most fun thing to do. I hate going open with it. Just like just like, you know, typing in theories or, or fantasy speculation on on a Reddit or whatever. The problem is that it raises your expectations and then it's either like it doesn't happen and you're let down. Even if the ending's just as good, you're let down because the thing you want didn't happen. But more often than not, it's just not going to be as good because you're imagining a thing that can't happen for a million reasons, right? It felt this week like they gave some random disaffected wrestling fan off of Reddit the book. Because this was like a really weird re- reset, reboot fantasy week. And it was the week before so- the, the go-home shows before SummerSlam. All that said... There's other things besides WWE going on in the wrestling world. We'll get to SummerSlam. We'll get to Raw and SmackDown. But uh, you wanted to say a little... You're sitting here in a Kenny Omega t-shirt. That's I think right. that you want to talk about G1 before I we get into get into WWE. Badly want to talk about New Japan. Um, incredible G1 Climax 27 tournament. But especially incredible the last two days, the final. Um, Kenny Omega works two five-star matches in a row, back-to-back. First day of the final, he uh, finishes the trilogy, which uh, Don Callis in New Japan, color commentator Don Callis, called the Trinity because it's basically f- manna from heaven. Yeah. It, it's, it's biblical. Uh, incredible match with Okada. He goes over, finally hits the uh, one-winged angel on Okada and gets the win, and then moves on to the final against Naito. And that is another five-star classic. 
where it seemed like there were multiple opportunities for both wrestlers to have serious catastrophic injuries. There's, I know you haven't watched the match yet, but in there's a spot where Naito does a pile driver onto a table and Omega's head like folds like uh I, I don't know like when you op- <laughs> when you open a a picket fence going to someone's house he's just like folded in half <sighs> it's really unpleasant and the back of his head hits a piece of the of the table and I you know there are multiple times where I thought these guys can't continue but they put on an incredible match and I got to say and this is going to this is bold this is a hot take Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world right now. Wow. There's no question in my mind. Who else can do that? I know AJ Styles can, who else can do that. can narrowly escape death or else can wrestle three times in three nights or whatever? To wrestle those two matches. Two, two times in two nights. 30 minutes against Okada, and I want to say like between 30 and 40, somewhere in that, in that range against Naito. Uh, and to do that is just, it's beyond my comprehension. The guy is remarkable. Just remarkable. Um, I'm watching right now, as you as you say it. Oh, let's just stop the podcast so you can watch we'll the match. Do, we'll just do a, a director's commentary. <laughs> I have no idea how long this match is, but the but the um, the file is 51 minutes long. It looks like they start about six minutes in, but uh, yeah, it's a long match. Um, but yeah, 40 minutes. I mean, that's geez, Louise. You got to watch it. It's so so good. I mean, like, you know, we've seen wrestlers in, you know, in in person, we've seen guys wrestle back-to-backs. You know, I've seen, I mean, obviously they do it at PWG, but like, and I, I, you know, I've been to, you've been to tapings where people work two matches in the same night. I mean, obviously, totally different, different level. Um, Yeah, these are main event matches. I'm sure I've brought it up, but I I went to a Ring of Honor taping one time, and I love going to see Ring of Honor back in New York, but they did like the whole month of TV taping. So there was, I don't remember if guy, I think there was a couple people that worked back-to-backs, but they definitely did like back-to-back promos, which is a totally different thing. (laughs) Right. Uh, I think it's more, that's more physically demanding on the audience than it is on the the performers. But uh, but yeah, this Kenny Omega is just amazing, man. It's just really, really great. And just, oh man. And the charisma SummerSlam is in less than SummerSlam is in a few days, and we're uh, and I'm just like you watch this G1 stuff, and it's like why it's not going to feel that cool. It's not. It's on another level <laughs> just, in terms of physicality. Obviously, the presentation of WWE far outstrips anything that New Japan can afford. But the to presentation do. is so cool. I mean, it's I don't know why. Obviously, with with uh, you know they have a different production, a different aesthetic with like the NXT big super shows. Um. But even that, he feels like it's hewing back towards the WWE mainstream, you know. And then when they try to be different, they end up doing. They end up putting purple tape around the ropes. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, with a takeover, it's still the same set. It's still the same format, essentially. They just put a spotlight and dark. I mean, they, they darken the, the arena, the arena yeah. which is a really cool look. But it's the it's the venues. The venues are bigger. I mean, the problem. And this isn't WWE's fault. Is that every basketball and arena is the same thing now? It's the difference between like five thousand seats, you know, one one direction or the other. Yeah, but in Japan, it's like Sumo Hall is different from the Tokyo Dome. Which well, that's is- what, I mean, WrestleMania weekend, though, they would, you know, back in, in Dallas, they ran at that cool, basically like a rodeo arena for NXT. And I mean, those those are my favorite wrestling moments over the past uh, over the past few years is when you're just in a different environment. Yeah, like when we saw NXT at the Palladium. That was oh, so totally good. different. So cool. Anyway, and now I'm just going to want to watch this 
match. <laughs> just go home I, and watch I, it. I, Let's I, just cancel the podcast. Cancel my job. Um, so yeah, okay. Speaking of uh, wrapping purple tapes around the ropes, my my dear friend Tom was at um was at SmackDown last night, and uh, you know I've talked to him. I've talked about him before on the show on the on back on Cheap Heat, especially because we lived in New York at the same time and. We're really good friends, and he wasn't really a wrestling fan. He started watching because I was always watching wrestling. And uh, he and his girlfriend, he and his fiance, sorry, went to uh, went to SmackDown, and he had some some interesting notes. But he was like one of his one of his big takeaways was he hated he didn't know they were going to tape two hundred five live after SmackDown <laughs> and felt guilted into staying and was really <laughs> upset. Him and everyone else in the arena, and it just like I know logically I've always known they taped it then, but it just seems so nuts and retro like. The right thing to do is to tape it before the show. Right. But no one would show up. And they want to air it live. Right, of course. But, I mean, but there's no reason to be airing it live. No. Is there? No. Not at all. Nothing's happening. I think the reason why they... Lex Luger is not showing up. (laughs) That would be sweet if he did. Um, I think that one of the reasons why they do it, and this is all speculation, this is not inside information, is that it allows them to have the guys on the road for Raw. If they just taped them all at full sale... Oh, no, no, no. That, I get that. Then you wouldn't be able to do Raw. Nick Mundy's here. Get Nick Mundy in here. <laughs> well, I was going to say we should have just started the show and said Nick Mundy was here. <laughs> and then just and then even though we didn't think he was actually going to show we up. We got a hot run-in from Nick Mundy. Listen... It, forgetting the live, setting aside the live portion, which is a cool name, and I guess it's a good concept, but setting that aside, the right thing to do would be to tape it first, before the show, the prelims, but nobody would show up for it. Right. right? I mean, some people would, but you can't really like f- like push people down to the front rows and then ask them to leave, you know, when the real show starts. <laughs> yeah. I know this is complicated, but why not just tape the show during the video packages that everybody at home is watching and when everyone at the live recording of SmackDown is like craning their neck to try to see what's going on on the Titantron. And all the times when there's not stuff happening in the ring, just run out to run out cruiserweight matches and then package them together at the end for 205 Live. That's not a bad idea, but let's also... Yeah! Doing a run. I know, we're, we're, we've been talking the whole time. Doing Welcome a- to Nick Mundy on the very special it's, SummerSlam. It's Mundy Mania, guys. Guys, I'm Braun Strowman right now. <laughs> for some reason, we're talking about how they should be filming 205 Makes Live. the most sense to do what they do with Raw, which is, oh, we, do, we record main event before Raw. Yeah. So you've got two matches that no one cares about anyway. Why don't you do three or four or, or just three and then have video packages and not air it live and and, and put and it listen, out on Tuesday. We just later. talked about the NXT thing. Put a spotlight on the ring, darken the audience. It doesn't matter who's there. It doesn't. I will give the third opinion. I don't know if this is given in, but I'm running in. I'm late. Here's the thing. Do it like you do. Do, do 205 tapings like at NXT studios. Yeah. yeah, but we're talking about how they need to be on the road to do Raws because they're time fillers for Raw. The 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 best the best note on the whole cruiserweight division and listen I'm I'm a proponent of it came from Tom's fiance Emma and her her exact quote was oh, I got to pull this thing up um this is this is a quote from Emma so these guys could never fight Cena why do I care <laughs> that's the bar yeah. is, uh, can you wrestle John Cena well th- th- they need to do that move to legitimize 205 they need to do the guy who steps up. Yeah, to take on like I, the big show or big ca- big Cass's next feud needs to 
squash. I no. See, I think that it needs to be Enzo going down. Well, that's that's this whole separate conversation. I mean, my response is basically like, of course, someone is going to get the call up at some point. So at this point, like you watch two hundred five live because of just because it exists in WWE. It's almost like you're watching a reality show where, where the winner gets to be Rey Mysterio Jr. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, that's how they should frame it then. I mean, but it, this, but it, that delegitimizes the belt. Also, probably kind of delegitimizes the whole thing by wrapping purple tape around the ropes and like trying to make it seem like it needs to be different. Well, in they some stopped way. doing the rope thing. Oh, they did. Yeah. Uh, you're, are you fast forwarding through? the No, I was watching. Matches? They didn't. It wasn't purple. Last it's time? all gone. Yeah. You might have gotten uh, more aid by the. The purple lights on the TV. Yeah, there's yeah. still purple lights, but the rope thing, I think they stopped doing. Oh, that's good. Well, and the thing correct is, me if I'm wrong, humanoids. And and like let's let's not let's not kid ourselves. Neville might be the fourth best heel. Yeah. In WWE, it's like, hard to be a heel like that. But also, he's, he gets a little bit of a he gets a little bit of like a we grade him on a curve because he's playing a straight heel in a division where people aren't like booing or cheering ironically, particularly. You right. Know? Yeah. But it, you're right. He's he's absolutely fantastic. And to what uh, and. Akira, like he might be the best face they've had, but Dude. he's also got a heel manager, which makes no sense. Is it? I mean, guys, like, look, we're in Los Angeles. People who talk about brands all the time are heroes in Los Angeles to people. <laughs> yeah, but go to any other town in the world. Well, go to other like, people in Los Angeles, but like, look, yeah. maybe brands are king. Okay, maybe maybe Titus O'Neil is a baby face in some twisted universe uh, called Los Angeles. It but. is. I mean, and everything has to be. This is. I'll, I'll, we're going to talk about Raw and SmackDown and the the amazing fantasy reboot that this week was uh, in just a sec. But another another note from Tom was, and this is just related to Titus. Everything has to be viewed through the eye of Vince McMahon sitting in Gorilla, right? A lot of things, and and if, if Vince thinks that Titus is a babyface, then he's a babyface. You know, I mean, it's just like that's how. I mean, and this isn't like, like, t- like ragging on Vince. This is just like there's a guy in charge who like sees all these things. Um, the reason why I thought about that is because Tom was like, yeah, I I hated gender, but seeing him live, you get it, right? Like he just like looks, he's just such a monster, and yeah, he's good. Like, he moves the right way, and all this kind. And even though you don't see it on TV, those tiny legs just make me really intimidated. I want, I need to humanoids. People listening, to this like tweet me ideas for what we should call this category of wrestler. That when you see them at a live show, you get it, right? It's like. I know the Big Show is the biggest guy ever, but when you see him live, he looks three feet taller than everybody else. You get it, right? Yeah, I think you call it Big Show heat. It's well, it's like Big oh, Show, yeah, but it's, it's not just the cool. big guys. But like Braun Strowman doesn't look bigger in real life. He's awesome, but like I mean, and he's just as great, and I love him to death. You don't see him at a show, and you're just like, like oh, he's a hundred. Maybe it's because we love him already. I don't know, but like Randy Orton. Looks like the most amazing physical specimen in the history of mankind live. He looks great on TV, but he looks incredible in person. And my favorite for this is actually the sneaky superstar of the group is uh, is Sheamus. Mm. Like Sheamus, there's something about those WWE lights. I've said it before that like blur out his muscle definition on TV. But in re- but when you see him live, it's like this is the scariest guy in the company. Yeah, he is shredded, man. Um, anyway, let me know what you think about that. The um, so Raw and SmackDown this week. Monday before you got here, I said it felt like they gave a, a disaffected like Reddit wrestling fan the book this week because they just like they tore down. I mean, given that the the SummerSlam card was more or less going to stay w- the way it was, they tore down everything and put it back together in the in the span of three hours of Raw and well SmackDown, like the last thirty minutes of SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, it felt like oh shit, it's SummerSlam. Oh man, oh <laughs> crap. Oh, okay, we got to redo this. Oh okay, what are we doing? 
<laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> I mean, it felt like because I like look. I, I'll be honest. Since the last time I've been here, it's been disappointing mm. watching it, and mm-hmm. it's like it's been like this is the first week I've like watched with like interest. Like, and it was like, okay, this is you're going somewhere. You're trying to do some stuff. There are like 27 matches in SummerSlam. Feels like I forgot that Randy Orton was wrestling Rusev until Rusev came out on SmackDown. I just totally blanked yeah. on that. But it's just like we're we're heading to two two night me- mega shows soon. Yeah, I mean, we were just for, talking for, about the, like spreading SummerSlam. Out I think bit. I think WrestleMania next year, the I way w- SummerSlam is, I will be a two would. night affair. I yeah. wish they would, and they could. I mean, they they keep. WWE is always like has their eye on setting attendance records and stuff like that. I think they, I think we're capped out. Besides the fact that they filled up almost every football stadium that they're going to run at this point. I mean, they already now they did Jerry like Jerry did, World, Jerry World. So like it's you know that that's sort of it. Two nights, man, and it, it would you it, it it might be impossible, but everybody's in town. We were just talking about the G one and the G one final is two nights. Yeah, the G one well, special is not in a football stadium, but true. But you're right that everybody's there. If you maybe make the tickets slightly less expensive, but even that, I don't think it's going to matter. People, people would go. People plan their entire April around the idea yes. of going to WrestleMania. Look, I'm going to Houston for Survivor Series, and I'm trying to convince my wife. I'm like, do you want to go to two shows? Do you want to go to four <laughs> shows? Like, my parents are like, why are you coming down early? Like, suspicious. <laughs> like, what are you? What are you up to? Huh? That's a good. That's pretty good, Dennis. Um, no, yeah, they they did a whole reset, but like. Some of it made sense, but like I, I don't get the Corbin move. We got to talk about that right Let, now. Let's let's start it. Let's start with there. So I spoiled it for Schilling. Well, actually, I no, I, no, 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 you didn't spoil it. The Bleacher Report app spoiled your employer. it. My employer. <laughs> I, so Shoemaker texted me. He's like, "Hey, dude, did you see SmackDown yet?" And I was like, "No, don't tell me what happened. I'm watching it on the West Coast feed." And as I'm putting my phone down, it buzzes, and I'm like, "Oh, Shoemaker texted me again." Nope, it's. Uh, Baron Corbin's failed cash in is uh, leads SmackDown. Check out our recap, and I'm like, "What? Don't do that to me. I don't care if you pay my bills. Don't do that." I have a couple of thoughts right off the top. One, it looked like he sort of kicked out. Well, let's run through it. It did look like he kind of his shoulder I don't know was up, but they were showing then angles from the other side at the end. So I don't think that's going to be storyline yeah. going. Like that's we're, that's not kayfabe. But but so anyway, uh, Cena and Gender are having a First time in the history of mankind match between two of the greatest wrestlers that God has ever given us. Uh, well, a lot of people thought this was going to be like the semi-main at SummerSlam, and they give it to us on SmackDown. Um, it's a you know pretty good match. Yeah, it's not bad. Gender's found his dance partner. I mean, I actually, I mean, I know Cena's supposedly old leaving, Cena, but old Cena and Gender are the perfect combination. Yeah, yeah, but it's but you know if they if they can run that back at some point, I wouldn't be mad. But but um. But so they're having their match. Everything's what Cena's about to win, basically. And then, excuse me, Baron Corbin makes a shocking run in. Beats up Cena with the briefcase. And then after taking some time and leaving, does a really dramatic return. Cashes it in. Now, I know this is kayfabe. But with all of the shit that we give referees for missing shoulders coming up, there should really be some discussion about like the process for cashing in a briefcase. <laughs> this is waiting for your opponent to stand up is not part of the lore of money in the bank, is it? Well, it depends on the referee in question. I know it's happened um, before, but like we need to solidify these rules. There was one where like Triple H was the referee and he just let he just let the the champion uh, lay on the ground. I forget who it was, but 
I mean, the, it, it really depends on the referee's discretion here. So you're saying I it's think. like judicial review? Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, up to the person in the ring at the time. I was watching with and the, these referee appointments are lifetime. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> unless you're Earl <laughs> Hebner, <laughs> in which case uh, malfeasance could cost you your job. Oh my gosh, that would be so great if referee appointments were a lifetime and that was just part of the shtick. And you can always come in and work as a referee after you've retired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're always a referee in WWE lore. Um, so yeah, so the referee, uh, you know, spends the, spends the traditional minute and a half handing the briefcase to the timekeeper and, it, like, and informing him that this thing that we all know about is about to happen. Uh, and then... The match is about to start. Jinder finally gets like halfway up to his feet. And then Cena, you know, waves from the ring apron. Baron Corbin hits him, gets distracted, roll up by Jinder Mahal, which, by the way, great booking. But when it, a roll up is just not believable when your calves are the size of broomsticks. I yeah, just but his upper body is just like weighing I'm down just on joking. Corbin. I'm done ragging on, on uh, Jinder Mahal's calves. So is this the, the, the question is, is this because they were tired of Corbin? Or was this to make Jinder look strong going into... I think he had to win a match. He so. was not going to beat Cena. And uh, whether or not Corbin is out with the with the office, uh, I think is not as relevant to this because it also just gives that match more heat because Corbin can now blame Cena for not being able to successfully cash in money in the bank. Yeah, I mean, I think there's any number. He's of, gonna win the title. Any something. number of things could have contributed to this. The fact that Corbin looked really dumb with the briefcase is so probably not as might, might might have factored in. I actually think, I mean, if I had to guess, and this is not based on any inside information, um, if I had to guess, I would have said that it was partly to eliminate the fans like expecting a cash in at SummerSlam. Sure. Because that was as everybody was talking about that, and it's not specific to this one. Everybody always talks about it, but but that it's a like that the SmackDown title match is going to be a really big match, and it's a really big match for WWE's like you know ongoing march into the Asian market. By the way, which is I mean this is uh, honestly is this I think this is the first the first time you could say that two Asian men were fighting over a major championship at a pay per view in WWE history. Absolutely, um, five days ago. Six days ago, they announced they were, you know, that the network was about to launch in China. I mean, these these are like real factors. And 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 if man, if this is what it's going to take to get some, you know, different shades into the championship picture, then like march all around the world. WWE, it's this, this is really good stuff. But all that aside, it's a big big match for them, and you don't want to like deflate it even five percent by people expecting the dumpster fire Baron Corbin <laughs> to cash in. That's a good nickname his, for him. It is. It's like, great. The dumpster fire. Of a man. By the way, I don't know if it was the plan, but the gimmick they ran on uh, on SmackDown allowed zero time for the crowd to start chanting "Dumpster Fire." And I think, I mean, I, and that must have been part of the calculus because that is that is catching on like a fire, like a dumpster dumpster fire. fire yeah. No, Poor but th does this make you think like okay? Up until like this this Tuesday, I was like, well, Shinsuke is going to win. Shinsuke, Shinsuke is going to win. And then Corbin was going to cash in, right? That Was that what your thought was? Yeah, the, yeah. The, I thought that was one of those two possibilities. I thought no way Jinder's leaving as champion. Now I now I think Jinder might win. I think he's going to win. Because they built him. They're trying to keep building him up. So, yeah, I, I think that. Also, I think they hate the idea of money in the bank. They like it in June, and they're like, oh, crap, we have this thing now. 
Yeah, it's it's because uh, like the last two years, they were like trying to get rid of it as soon as possible. Chekhov's gun, you know, it's uh, one of those things that you have to use at some point. If you don't have a good idea for how to use it, then it's an albatross. You know, exactly you can't every true. year exactly have right. Dean Ambrose win cash in the same night, or you can't always have Seth Rollins win at WrestleMania. Sometimes it's got to be kind of a a popcorn fart, just like a dumb thing that we have to do. Well, it's just, I mean, wrestling booking is 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 hard. You know, yeah. I mean, the best way, honestly, if you were writing this like a scripted television drama, yeah, I mean, the, some of the best things you would do in pro wrestling would be huge letdowns. You know, I mean, that's like, you got to play with them. But like, if if you had the book for Money in the Bank, you, I mean, you like have Baron Corbin say, "If I win, I'm a hundred percent cashing in in the main event," and then have him walk to the ring and not do it. But you can't do that because there's a live audience who's going to be really disappointed. Yeah. You know, but like that's how you get like getting heat and get and like making sure the crowd doesn't riot or sometimes at odds with one another. I mean, yeah. and uh, I'm sure everybody noticed that the biggest pop of the night for anything was the cash in. Oh, yeah. The cash in is more over than any one wrestler at say, WWE. Tom, Tom's reaction from the ground was that everyone around him was very confused and couldn't tell what was going on. Now, I'm not saying they piped in a, like a big pop when that happened because it did seem very organic. But um, but yeah, it's a that's it, I, I, I did get a conflicting report. Interesting, because it seemed like a big deal on television. Oh, it was a huge pop on TV. Yeah. And uh, when I was watching Hulu this morning, it seemed like an even bigger pop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so that that's big news. Um, I guess it doesn't really affect SummerSlam that much. Nothing I mean, else that really happened on SmackDown affected SummerSlam that much. I mean, I think that there were seeds planted for where they're obviously going. I think that cash in affects SummerSlam quite a bit yeah, because it, it affects how you you plan out the finishes for these matches. Because when the when the briefcase is the sort of Damocles over the entire show, then you think, well, it's, it seems like Corbin has hit has reached his his apex they're ready to pull the trigger he's wrestling the biggest star on the smackdown brand in the world in the world well i mean lesnar probably has uh, you know a little bit of was lesnar in a tour de pharmacy that's true I he was not. not uh did lesnar have a big ding dong on his back i love that movie by the way it's really good but um yeah i mean i think that now like mundy said without the briefcase Anything is possible. You don't have that need to get that briefcase off the chessboard. You don't have the temptation to give Corbin the belt at SummerSlam. So now I, I'm even doubting the Raw championship match because depending on whether or not they do a title change there, they might not do a title change on SmackDown. So there, there's a lot of uncertainty right well, now. Well, then now I feel confident Brock is losing. Interesting. Now I feel... So you think Brock loses and Jinder wins? Yes. Okay. But I still feel like, because it's SummerSlam, I don't think it's going to be Braun. I don't think... What I'm thinking, like I'm just getting through the prediction mode of this, I think Reigns turns heel. (sighs) But I think Joe wins, and we're setting up Braun Strowman's super baby face. Oh my God! I feel like that's fantasy booking. That's Mark fantasy booking right there. It but might I'm, be, but like, I am getting excited when you say that stuff. But I think like, look, Joe's gonna work his ass off. Son, like Joe's gonna look like the superstar in our eyes. Mm-hmm. But I think Braun Strowman is gonna come. Like, I think it's gonna have his Stone Cold moment. Oh man! I just got a, uh, a wrestling adjacent news alert on my phone. Before we get to that, a brief word. SummerSlam is right around the corner, and for all of you dying for some sweet, sweet WWE action, 
check out the new game from Sega, WWE Tap Mania. In WWE Tap Mania, you can be a superstar and battle your favorite legends with endless layers of action and strategy. Seriously, this game is a lot of fun to play and super easy to pick up. Just get in the ring and unleash the mania. Download WWE Tap Mania for free on your phone or mobile device from the App Store and Google Play, and you can tap into some epic, epic WWE history and build a team with some of your favorite legends and superstars, including The Rock Dwayne Johnson, who just got a terrible new tattoo, John Cena, The Undertaker, Triple H, Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, Sasha Banks, many, many more. Plus, you can personalize your own superstar and signature moves to dominate the leaderboards and compete in live events based on Raw, SmackDown, Royal Rumble, and SummerSlam, just to name a few. So just visit facebook.com slash WWETapmania for more info. Hey, humanoids, make sure to watch The Ringer's new live reaction show, Talk to Thrones. Each week, Andy Greenwald, Mother of Dragons Mallory Rubin, Chris Ryan, and our very own maester, Jason Concepcion, the four horsemen of Game of Thrones commentary, are coming to you live after the East Coast airings of Game of Thrones Season 7. Talk to Thrones will stream exclusively on Twitter and Periscope right after each episode ends and can be found on The Ringer's Twitter handle, at Ringer. They'll be, re- they'll be reacting to the show at the same time you are, contextualizing all the events and explaining everything that just unfolded. Again, the show is called Talk to Thrones. You can stream it live after the East Coast airings of Game of Thrones Season 7 on our Twitter and Periscope, at Ringer. As we're recording this, this is wrestling pro wrestling adjacent. As we're recording this, someone just tweeted that um, that the uh, boxing commission just passed a rule, a unanimous ruling allowing McGregor and Mayweather to use eight ounce gloves instead of ten ounce gloves for their fight. This oh is, boy, that's so weird that that would happen at this stage in the game. This is a work. It's a work. Oh my gosh, this is like this is like the storyline. The storyline story setup for McGregor getting a first round knockout. He's gonna win. <laughs> anyway, oh baby. Um, so anyway, uh, on Raw, my, my reaction from Raw, I was like text. I think I was emailing you, Dave, and I was just like, uh, the, the words I was putting down were they took all the storylines that weren't working and made the and 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 kind of turned them on their head a little bit. And the ones that were working, they just sort of like drove home. And I was like, wait, which ones were working? And I realized the answer was only the main event, like only, yeah. only the title. Uh, Ambrose now, and Rollins. Well, here's the thing. Ambrose, I thought that's Ambrose and Rollins. Ambrose and Rollins was great on Monday night, and they didn't change anything. But it was real dumb for the past two weeks. Like. That it's gonna, it's one of those things. It's gonna look great in the video package, but it was a lot of time in the ring spent deciding whether two guys were gonna put their fists <laughs> in the same place. A lot of fisting on Raw. Um, a lot of fisting. They got real dorky too. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it got real like cheese dick for a while. It's like these guys, <laughs> these guys should be pissed off, but like, I mean, I'm just thinking like Stone Cold Shawn Michaels '97, the tag team that hated each other, and I think that's where we're going with this. Yeah, like. Seamus and Cesaro did it better. Yes. Yeah. They had a lot of time to work with it. Also, like, you know, there's not, I mean, in, again, kayfabe aside, there's, or no, in kayfabe, there's no reason to be doing that in the middle of the ring, right? I mean, you can, like, you should probably, like, have a talk backstage and well, decide were, whether or not you're going to do your pose. There was a time when a lot of those angles would mostly take place backstage. And now it feels like everything has to be in the ring uh, with the crowd and all that stuff. I think you're right about that. I do think that... It got the, the the reaction they wanted. Uh, people are more excited for SummerSlam because of this reunion, mm-hmm. um, and it 
really sets up your heel turn. Yeah. Your fantasy booking from last week. My fantasy week. booking last week was that they, I mean, them winning the belts is a little bit beside the point, but that Ambrose and Rollins win and then they help Roman Reigns win the title. And it, we have the giant heel shield that we've all been waiting for. Monday's processing. Or or having an orgasm. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't or, know which one. Or, and this just goes counter to my thing, and I'll counter yours because I'm a dummy. They don't pull the trigger on Strowman. Lesnar, Reigns wins, and then Strowman, Joe, and Lesnar are just kicking the shit out of Reigns. Yeah. And then the faces. The baby face. The baby shield. face shield re- reunites. I don't think you can pull it off. I don't think you can pull off. A, I don't think you can put, pull off Roman Reigns as a baby face in Brooklyn. No, the only way you can reforming the shield with Ambrose. Yeah, maybe, they, maybe that's true. Well, this was my problem last week was if you put them back together as the shield, they're going to get a pop. They're going to get a baby face pop. People are going to love it. You're not going to necessarily be able to turn the entire group heel just because Roman Reigns is hated by the majority of the WWE audience. I think that because he goes back to this beloved heel fat or the beloved faction, they're going to want to pop for it. They're going to want to love it. I, I just think that, R- that Rollins and Ambrose are more precarious than than people realize. No, they they're in a precarious situation. I think that they're closer to. I think they're closer to getting booze than just about every like yeah, any other ready sure. you call a baby face on the roster. But like if and granted, I'm about to make the biggest mistake of a wrestling fan. But if you follow the characters' arcs, Rollins is like on this redemption tour that's that's sure. what this is about like the i i feel like it's easier to make them all faces and they yeah. still want to make roman reigns the head of like the face of the wwe while it's not working and they don't want to pull the stroman card yet it feels like so to me well and they still like to me it's like you might have to replace lesnar but you get you get joe stroman and another big big piece of meat <laughs> um, I, I listen. Maybe I, maybe Kane over in NXT. Yeah, listen. Uh, let's let's run down the rest of the card. Sure. Circle back around to the main event, or the rest of what would happen on Raw, and circle back around the main event because it's the most you know central thing, um, obviously to this pay per view. Um, we got uh, as we said, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins are now formally taking on Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, we got the. Cruiserweight championship match was just given to us so that Akira Tozawa could walk in as champion on Sunday, presumably, giving a little bit of extra heat to the match. Is there is there anything else underlying this that the decision to 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 shotgun that match into and, and having the title change? Uh no. I mean it's it's probably just to get people talking about 205 live again. Tozawa's great. Yeah. I think I think Akira every every match. I, I don't know what it is, but it's I mean, obviously there's a learning curve. It seems like it takes big time matches like titled matches or you know whatever matches with some time on raw or on pay-per-views for the cruiserweights to figure out how to acclimate their style to wwe style mm-hmm. everybody who sh- talks shit about you know how they have to like dumb down their moveset or whatever that's all legitimate but there is a there is a way through you know there is a path of like good wrestling these cruiserweights can have with, regardless of the restraints that wwe is putting on them or not um, and he looked just really, really good on Monday. Yeah, I mean, just look at AJ Styles. AJ Styles was doing all kinds of stuff in New Japan, and he can't do a lot of that stuff in WWE, but he still puts on excellent matches. So there's no barrier for success just because you can't do a Canadian Destroyer or something. But so this is a real thing. This is sort of like, we saw this with Sasha and Charlotte uh, a year ago. Um 
where they, you know, just like flopping the title right before the pay-per-view to kind of give it an extra, this is a revenge match, whatever vibe. Um, I would have Neville lose and then maybe move Slam? on to the main roster. Yeah. Because you, you, need, you need some heels. Or, yeah. Or, I mean, or just have him do something else in 205 Live. Just on, I mean, maybe it's a, it, maybe it'll be in vain, but it, in an attempt to have like two feuds that people care about. Yeah, well, you can't afford to take him out of 205 Live because then they have no star power whatsoever. Well, if they move Enzo, then you don't need – Enzo and Neville could be just – you don't need a championship for that. I just don't know how Enzo's working in that division. I mean, he's great, but I, I – he, he at it, least gets heat and he gets – he sells merchandise. And it's, it's 205 Live is going to be like 30-minute Enzo promos every night. Fine by me. But they need that. Like they don't, yeah. And they don't need him to be champion. Yeah. Like in, and, it, and you don't need Neville to be champion to feud with Enzo. No, I see that. All right, so we got that, which was, that was a big, I mean, you know, we got, a, we got two SummerSlam matches on Raw. That was the first one. The second one was Finn versus Bray, which was a lot better than I expected it to be. I mean, my, my expectations, I, like I'm really excited about this match, but... You know, I go, I, I swing wildly on how good I think it's going to be because Bray is disappointed, you know, has let me down so many times after going to bat for him. Bray looked like a big man for the first time in his entire career, which was great. And, uh, you know, and, and, and they seemed to be a pretty good match. Now, this wasn't a five star match or anything, but it was better than I thought it would be. The most important thing, though, was that, um, <laughs> was that Finn got a bucket of viscous fluid dumped <laughs> on him. I got serious WCW uh, flashback vibes from that. Specifically, if you remember the new blood angle in WCW, where they were like, oh my God, he's been doused in red, red stuff. How is this beyond the pale? How can they not say, like, it's blood? Because we know it's not blood. It's coming out of a bucket. Like, I mean, it's like. (laughs) This is like the Drama Kids version of the AJ Styles Kevin Owens match. Like, I think they're going to be set up similar. And um, that's so funny. Like, it's a, they're very similar, Matt. Like, well, you know that my longstanding, like, complaint with the demon entrance is that it looks like community theater. Like, it's just not quite there. <laughs> this is silly. Yeah. The demon entrance rules. Um, not, no, no, no. The demon entrance is really cool. It's more, it's just like, it, you know, mostly it's the Rasta wig. Like, it's like they could figure something else out. <laughs> all right, um, all right, all right. I will say, speaking of the, go, make, before we leave that behind, Corey Graves did an immaculate impression of his his boothmate Michael Cole from back in the, uh, from the Undertaker Big Boss Man Hell in a Cell match, where as Big Boss Man was being hung, I'm pretty sure it was Cole, as Big Boss Man was being hung, uh, Cole or whoever the announcer was was just like, "Is it a metaphor? Is it symbolic?" <laughs> and it's just like, "No, he's be- he's, he's being, being hung, hung." Yeah, in kayfabe, but like the entire Corey Graves was just like yelling, like, "Like this is this is symbolism. This is yeah. this is symbolic." <laughs> the four-man being hung from the cell. Can't cut this be symbolic. Cut this be symbolic. But, and and uh, it's a hundred percent. It was a hundred percent Michael Cole because that was WrestleMania fifteen, yep. and Jr. did the uh, did the main event. The main event, yeah. yeah. The uh, yeah, I, I I rewatched it not that long. I didn't rewatch it on Monday, but like Michael Cole's voice is so high on that clip. Like it's a totally different era of Michael Cole that you can't. First of all, I think Michael Cole still gets a lot of shit for the way he sounded when he was in his early career. Yeah, um, Jr.'s voice too. Like, what is it about wrestling announcers that you like drop an octave halfway through your career? Probably from all the talking and screaming you have to do. Yeah, it's, probably it's not true. great on your vocal cords. You know how you have to top this match off? Jr. needs to call the Finn Balor match. Oh, that would be a good one. That would I be, don't think he gives a shit about Finn Balor. That'd though. be interesting to put Jr. though. In Why the- is he so small? 
Look at him. He's like a little munchkin. No, he, he like he's not averse to small guys, man. That's a like even even down in like mid south, they had some they had some little dudes. Who do you think wins? They this just match? pretended they weren't little. <laughs> I just never hear him talk about Finn Balor at all on his podcast. When he goes through Raw and SmackDown, it's always look at those two big hosses, Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman. Oh boy. Yeah, that's true. Do you think this match with the entrance and Finn probably winning propels Finn into the main event? Or are they gonna hold up? I mean, depends well, on who wins the belt. An, an interesting, yes, an interesting subplot set for the past year has been like how not for the past year since his return earlier this year, but I mean, he lost. Obviously, Finn got hurt a year ago, right at SummerSlam. Yep, was uh, is like how quickly they're going to reintegrate Finn into the main event, and seeing that he was there, he was there with basically like no build up a year ago, right? So, yep. and they've taken their time with him since he came back. They gave him a big, he got a big return or whatever, and they're putting him in a position to be over, although they left him off a pay-per-view. Um, but, th- but yeah, I mean, th- I think that that's, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he was in the main event. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they waited another six months. I, I, don't... I think, you know, it's a perfect opportunity for him to work with The Miz. Have him win the Intercontinental title let him build some momentum, and more importantly, let him work another feud with a guy who's good on the mic. I mean, we can debate whether or not Bray Wyatt's uh, rambling sort of uh, really poetic uh, (laughs) promos are good or not, but, you know, it's still a a primarily verbal tussle that they're having. Well, yeah. And I think that Miz can help him elevate himself and his game and his promo skills um, so that he is ready when he gets to that point. But I, I just don't think it's the time. Well, you're right, because Miz, this works out nicely because you could elevate the Intercontinental title after, you know, just doing nothing. And Miz has his entourage. If only Finn Balor had knew two guys doing <laughs> nothing on Raw. Unfortunately, they're friends with Big Cass now. Yeah, so you sorry. Gotta... <laughs> well, I'm going to quit wrestling. because yeah. I... Um, yeah, I think just as a, as a total aside, I mean, I think there's no it's it's no accident that despite even though it's not the right booking decision, the fact that they gave both uh, Nakamura and Finn Balor the microphone and just said go in the past week, actually two weeks for Finn Balor, uh, that's significant. That's like you know those, both those guys work in the ring, both those guys get pops. They're just like I think there's a you know it's sort of the it's the the Dwayne Johnson test it's like can you do you do you do you check all the boxes before we put you in a position to run to you know be atop the company right now it's not trying to get anyone over like they, they don't have to get it over anyone else but Vince right now yeah that's to- totally true that's exactly that's a, that's a really smart way to put it so anyway we got 5 minutes fellas what 5 minutes uh, we'll just keep going so i, I mentioned big cast we they they rebooted that that feud too in a certain way. We got now Big Show has a, uh, a Big Cast has running buddies presumably. Maybe it was a one off, and uh, the Big Show has a presumably broken hand at the expense of the shark or at the hands of the shark cage. Um, does this make you more interested in this feud? Nope, nope. Big, I, I'm I, I'm going to disagree. One, not the the gimmickry, but congratulations to the city of Boston for making this feud seem compelling. Like the way that they booed, they booed Big Cass was the most interesting thing that has happened so far. That was year. a scolding hot crowd too, which made the show significantly better. Every time the crowd is excited for the show, I get more excited. Um, that's just how wrestling works. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'd, be, it'd be great if they could find a way to kind of control that a little bit better. Maybe they should <laughs> only run in like Boston and New York. Oh sure, yeah. Let's Northeast, go back to the territory Houston, days. Houston, 
Dallas. Los Angeles, Chicago. Yeah. Call it a day. And then Daniel Bryan Smackdowns in <laughs> Seattle. Yeah, there, you, there you go. Um yeah, so it, so that they 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 reset that too. I mean, which I thought was was really interesting. I'm not is there anything else from Raw that we need to before we get back to the main event that we need to touch on? Sasha Alexa Bliss. Oh it, yeah, we a, finally have this, yeah. another reboot. We have a we have a, a different competitor. And we talked about this last week, but just in terms of like fantasy booking or whatever, it's amazing that when Bailey won the number one contendership, it seemed like they had to find a way to get her out immediately, like in storyline terms. And then she legit got hurt. I mean, it's almost like reality is working is working us right now. But Nia Nia Jax looked good in that match. It's like, pronounced Nia Jax. Nia, yeah, sir. She did look really good. Yeah, I, like, that was the first match where I saw her wrestle Sasha Banks and think, oh, this is how this is supposed to go. That was pretty good. And then Sasha with that tornado D, uh, DDT. That, that was that was sweet. Yeah. So like and she won in her hometown. Which is, never happens. Um, I don't know who wins this match, but it's got to be Sasha Banks at this point. You Ooh, can't have but her the job fact again. that she was like not not even one of the two in the match a month ago I know. or two weeks it, ago. It's still like whoever is in that match, Alexa Blitz needs to drop the title. Well, um, let's we got to get back to the main event. Our heel producer Jim says we have no time left, so technically we got to get out of here. But let's run through the card really quick. I'm just gonna say who I think is gonna win, and you guys can can chime in with your uh, with your responses. Cesaro and Sheamus versus Ambrose and Rollins. I think that's a toss-up, but I'm just going to go Ambrose and Rollins. Me too. Me too. Uh, Cena versus Corbin. This is, I mean, man, this is actually really hard. My guess is, I'm going to guess Corbin with chicanery. Uh, I'm going to also go with Corbin with chicanery because Cena's obviously going to Raw, and there's no reason for Cena to go over. Corb- uh, Corbin clean. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, Finn versus Bray. I think you know the demon doesn't be, lose, baby. The demon doesn't yeah, lose. Finn. Yeah. Big Show versus Big Cass. Big Cass. Enzo heel turn. Big Cass. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, now I, I'm now, going that's for what it. I want. Mark me down. I think Schilling just won a heel turn. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have no idea. It's, it's got to be Big Cass. The um, the New Day versus the Usos. I love the guys and they're my friends, but I hope the Usos. Usos are great. Right I now. love the Usos. I love the New Day. This is just gonna be a fun match. They have tons of chemistry. I'm gonna go with New Day keeping it. Randy Orton versus Rusev. This has got to be Orton, right? Yeah. Oof, yeah. No, it, it should be Rusev. Damn but it's it. Not going to be. Rusev doesn't win on pay per view. And Orton and Orton deserves some some uh, a couple of wins Get after laying down smokes for and just. <laughs> Tell him to take a break. Rusev AJ, AJ versus Owens. We haven't talked about this at all. With Shane as a special guest referee. Oh, um, this has got to be AJ going over with Shane somehow affecting Kevin Owens' chances of winning. Yeah, because we're building to Owens versus Shane. So yeah, AJ Styles uh, keeps the belt. Why, why switch it again? But you know what, man? No, it'd be so cool. I want I want heal Shane. No, yeah. Shane McMahon is so much better as a babyface, and there are too many heels in WWE as it is. Uh, you got to have some, yeah, you're like, right, okay. something to cheer for. But Just, where does AJ go from here? Oh, I'm Corbin. Oh man, they had a good match. Okay, Tazawa versus Neville. We talked about this before. Tazawa, I think Tazawa. Uh, I'll go with Neville just to be um, contrary. Nakamura versus Jinder Mahal for the WWE Championship. Jinder Mahal because. I believe they're going on tour in India soon. Oh. And why not have taking your WWE, WWE champion be Jinder Mahal on the India tour? I think that's it. Or have him win it on the India tour, though. Win it back? Yeah. Oh, there you go. I like that's That's what people will pay to see is I want to see my man win his belt back. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to switch. I'm going to go with Nakamura. So and Alexa versus Sasha Banks, we talked about I, I, this. I'm going gender, by the way. Interesting. Okay. okay. Um, I'm going to go with Nakamura just because we need a big what the hell moment in the night. I mean, like, a, you know, a pleasant surprise. Alexa versus Sasha for the uh, Raw Women's Championship. I'm going with the boss, baby. Sasha. I'm going to say Alexa. Naomi versus Natalia for the SmackDown Women's title. Naomi. Naomi. Um, I think it's so weird that Oh, that Natalia's in this match. I'm just going to go with Natalia. And then, <laughs> whoa, bringing it back around to the main event Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe versus Braun Strowman. The greatest match in the history of our sport. I will say that, yes, exactly. I will say that it, what's real, I mean, I find it really compelling that, um, that if you if you look at it, I said before it's interesting that we basically have four heels in the main event. I mean, you could you can yeah. quibble with that, but they're all like the guys who are positioned as baby faces are working heel, and the guys that are like act, that should be heels are sort of working baby face. Uh, these are all. I mean, they're but but I think more interesting is if you break it down, you see these are like the four. The, if you broke WWE fans into four categories, they each have a champion in this match, right? Brock Lesnar is for like the. Like the the real like the real fight fans, uh, Roman Reigns is for the like the eight year olds. I mean, not really. He has a much broader fan base. Roman and also for the McMahon family. Uh, <laughs> Braun Strowman actually, Braun Strowman is more of the McMahon family choice, right? I mean, at this point, he's just like the new Hulk Hogan, basically. In the way they're, but Braun Strowman, is, Strowman like, is a smart smart Mark guy. No, the but comedy smart. You, sure. you got to save that category for Samoa Joe, though. Like Samoa Joe, only honestly, as great as he was in the last match, I know that he earned his way into this match, and Brock and Brock loved working with him. Whatever else, I feel very confident that as over as Braun is, Samoa Joe is in this match to shut fans like us up during the main event. No, I think he's in there to make sure that the. I think this match, and we were talking about like getting over in Vince's eyes, is going to make him a star to Vince because. He's the connective tissue to that match. Yeah, that's he's true. He's going to work his ass off for 25 minutes, and he's not going to take a break. He's going to, like, he's the best wrestler there. He's going By to far. He's going to keep it going. He's going to keep it fluid. I think this match will make him gigantic. I, I don't know so. if he's going over. I. It makes sense that he would go over. Yeah. But I think, like. No way. No, because you know what? I think they're tired of this Brock Lesnar like champion that's not there. I think they need a champion sh- like there and they want who's better to be the Brock Lesnar weekly when Brock's weekly. not there. Yeah. yeah. Well, the way I see it is he's taking a break no matter what. Yes. He's not coming back until November. Do they want to continue on with this thing where he's not on television? And they're they're not. You're right. You're 100% right. I think they're sick of not having the belt on the show and I think the Audience is sick of not having the belt on the show, but the person they're going to put it on is not Samoa Joe. It's Roman Reigns. Roman's getting the belt. He's taking it to WrestleMania, and it's him and Cena. Let's just be real, guys. When you look, Let's like, get real. I, find, I, I cannot wrap my mind around Braun Strowman as champion any more than like the belt could wrap itself around his waist. Like it's, it, I, see, I I'm, see not stro- say, I'm not saying that he's not going to win. I am saying that I have a mental block. Like sure. I just can't make, I can't make that happen <laughs> in my head. That's why he's going to win both championships. Who was yeah. it that used to wear the belt around their neck? A big show? Matt Riddle. Somebody else well, did it though, back in the Attitude Era. Humanoids, yeah. let me know. I'm forgetting, but Mr. that's what's, Mr. Yeah, it probably was See, Mr. I think Strowman's going to have Their the tag Ro- teams have done it. I don't know. If the, I can't think of the, if a champion has done it. Strowman's going to have the Royal Rumble WrestleMania sequence. 
and I, I think Reigns and Cena are going to be WrestleMania. I don't think you need the championship for that. Well, you don't, but that you, creates the you didn't need it for time. Brock Goldberg either. You know, I mean, yeah. they, you, and and I was right. They didn't need it. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I totally blank. Oh, the Dudley Boys. The Dudley Boys wore the belts around. Yes, their of course. The um. So yeah, I mean, I, so so here's here's my point. Here's my opinion. I can't I can't see I can't talk myself into Braun Strowman. I agree that it's that that you don't set up Lesnar and Heyman threatening to leave if you're not going to follow through with it to some extent. Samoa Joe, I just think is I think that this could be his big the biggest night of his career. It's implausible. I I mean honestly, this is almost like when we like you look at the Money in the Bank ladder match and we were just like it has to be Carmella because she would be the be- she would look right with carrying the briefcase. I feel like Roman Reigns is like the only way out of this match. Like, I 100 percent agree. It's I, Roman Reigns. Um, see, I, now, I, it's, now the question is whether or not you you try to like put him over as like a conquering hero, or you actually like go all in with some sort of fantasy booking, you know, turn. heel turn. But Be- because of like the idea of like fighting badass, and that's Samoa Joe, and I think that's this meant like everyone buys him, and Vince does too. That he's a badass, yeah, and he can tear through people, like. And you want that fighting heel champion. And, like, look, we're heading into the fall. This is heel championship territory. Like, and he can make so many people. And then, yeah, I mean, I, because Strowman is coming uh, up later. Listen, You're I, speaking through my heart, and I'm speaking through my head here, guys. Come on. Uh, this is, it's Roman Reigns' time. Why? Why SummerSlam? No, I, you, hey, don't listen, ask me. Listen, there's no, the, here, a great thing about WWE SummerSlam 2017 is that you can really make the case for any of, the, any four, any of these four. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could see WWE's like thought process. Obviously, the thought process for Lesnar is the same one it's always been. He's the biggest name in the company. We will leave the belt on him no matter how much he shows up. Roman Reigns is, as Dave and I have talked about, it makes a lot of internal sense. And he they want him to be their, you know, the face of the company. Samoa Joe, you made the case for him. I mean, that that's actually I mean, that's that's you're, you're right. He'd be a great fighting champ. And, he, and he's you know, they need to be building new stars, even though he's not exactly a spring chicken. Uh, also, but I mean, but they also have this Samoa Joe John Cena feud. That's, that's just what I, I, I yeah. just thought about that, and that's now why I think Samoa Joe isn't going to win, right? And then Braun Strowman, obviously, he's. I mean, he is as over as anybody has been in the past, you know, yes. five years. I mean, Cena though would be terrible. Strowman <laughs> Lesnar is at WrestleMania, guys. That's where they're going now. Let's uh, let's just not let let's but, let's think happy thoughts. Uh, <laughs> No, I love both those guys, and that would be fun. They're I just don't. clearly they haven't decided yet. I guarantee you, um, they don't know who's winning this match. Well, the, I mean, all the rumors coming out are that is that the only people who have I mean, it, or the, who know, or you know, Vince and Hunter and Stephanie, which right. which is a good it's it's good to put that out there if you don't know who's going to win. But also, they're keeping it really close to the vest, so maybe that's you know, maybe it's it's all uh, it's going to be the fantasy booking of my dreams. Too. <laughs> Here's the thing, though: no matter what, Joe. In three months, will be the biggest guy in WWE. Like, Oof. wow, bold. I hope you're right, man. Yeah, he's so too. good. He's he's, he's really really good. He's everything that they want. He's a badass. He can play heel, and he's good at like Cena's gonna like love working with him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Cena's gonna put him over hard. That's that. I mean, I think that that's the real thing. Is that if that feud happens, Joe is in a position to succeed even more so than Kevin Owens was at the time. Just yeah. Kevin Owens is still like getting his sea legs. And Joe is just more of a I mean, just more of a badass, you know. And I think that that's I, I mean, honestly, I think that he I think you're right that he has a lot of potential to to skyrocket. Listen, we got to get out of here. Yeah, SummerSlam's this Sunday. Enjoy it. Watch it. Tweet us. I'll be there. I think we should also say a little thing about Ric Flair. 
before we leave? Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's it, everything that I've heard is is really sad, and uh, you know, we all have Rick in our hearts. Um, one of the greatest of all time, and you know, he lived a life, man. Yeah, well, hopefully he's not done. Hopefully, uh, the, we, we can. That's all we can all hope, you know. Yeah, and to be the man, you got to beat the man. Like honestly, the greatest of all time. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a question. You know, he's the best. It takes a lot of this to put. I mean, the interesting thing about Ric Flair is that he actually, of all of our childhood idols, partly because he didn't die when he was 40. I mean, I don't mean to make this too grim, but also because like he's not like Hogan, who's just still working like his gimmick and doing everything he can to look exactly we, like he did in 1985. Flair's vulnerable. We've got yeah. to see Flair vulnerable. Like, exactly. Yeah. He, not only th that was his gimmick. I mean, he flipped over the top turnbuckle and bled and, and pled for mercy on his knees so many times, but he also aged in front of us, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it and it was, you know, it, it's part of part of this whole fandom is just kind of. I mean, it's my whole writing career grappling with this kind of the issue of mortality. But Flair is much more human than than a lot of his contemporaries, and that's part of what made him so so great and so epic. So, yeah. best wishes, Nate, and um, enjoy SummerSlam. Apologies, to Dean Ambrose. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on the Mass Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. Woo!